WFAE's David Borax has the story. Tariq Bakari and Larkin Eggleston call their podcast R&D in the QC. Eggleston says they hope to reach people who may not pay attention to the council. Eggleston is 35 and a Democrat. Bakari is a 37-year-old Republican. Despite their political differences, they bonded on the campaign trail in part over their beards, says Bakari. The beards themselves are what truly united us in the beginning. They hope to be an example of how to debate productively across the political divide. R&D in the QC, episode 79, Signs and Trees and Cows. Oh, my. Oh, my. That's right, folks. Episode 79 comes to you right on the heels. Heels, is that what happens after? Yes. Right on the heels of our Before rezoning toes, meeting. The toes of the rezoning meeting. Yes. And let me tell you, it was a doozy. We heard words strung together in the form of sentences tonight. I'm not sure sentences really encapsulates what we heard. We heard some things. I've just forgotten the word I was looking for, but Homer's Iliad and Odyssey. What were those? Epic novels. Mm. I think we heard some epic novels tonight in the form of run-on sentences. That's very, that's very specific Although, of you. Epic novels would imply a level of thoughtfulness that I'm not sure was there. Literary listeners out there, uh, I'd like your comments on what Larkin said here. Please email him directly. I think epic novel is maybe a little too much credit. Email him in the form of a template (laughs) auto-generated email, because we've gotten several of those today. And if you really want your advocacy to be successful, I recommend not changing the subject line of the thing that a hundred... 50 people were email your councilman (laughs) that was the subject line is email your council person um we'll get to that that's part of the trees discussion so we had to rezone treason we actually let's uh let's mention what we did at 1 30 today before we get into what we did tonight we took a quick nap (laughs) (laughs) um i think it was at 1 30 wasn't it anyway we had the first ever we we think the first ever although there's in in let's call it in modern history in the, uh, yeah, in the how about in the era of this current government center? Uh, we don't know how how far back that this is true, but we were told today by staff who's been here for a while that they're not aware of any time this has taken place before the intergovernmental committee of the Mecklenburg County Commission and the intergovernmental committee uh, that the two of us co-chair for Charlotte City Council got together for a joint intergovernmental meeting. The chair of the county's board is Mark Jarrell. Her committee is Mark Jarrell and um, had a really good discussion about an hour about a lot of things that we think we can collaborate on, work more uh, in sync on. And uh, so that was good. That's progress because we, we talk about not necessarily meddling in each other's business, but we don't need to always be in silos. We need to be making sure that we're much of what we do impacts their work and vice versa. So we've got to have more uh, frequent dialogue and more collaborative work plans. And uh, I think today was the first good step for that one small step for mech one large giant large leap for, for what? berg for the berg that was a stretch yes it was fun we talked about a lot of stuff uh we're taking it slow um but uh you know not bad for a first date not bad for a first date yeah zoning meeting tonight started it was like, at 4 30 like, it was like a tinder matchup of intergovernmental relations committees 
I don't know how Tinder works. I'm I was going to make like a is. swiping joke, but I don't know whether left or right is the good one. Don't act like you don't know. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think you said, I'm assuming it would be intuitive if they designed the user experience properly. Left would be a bad swipe and right would be a good swipe. Right? I don't know. All right. Um, zoning meeting started at 4.30 today. And so I think while we're a little delirious, you've been delirious all day. Yeah, I'm kind of delirious right now. Yeah, we filmed a uh, a little vignette this morning mm. for the Charlotte Has Talent that we talked about on the show last week, and uh, yeah, I've just been in a funk all day, man. We need uh, people to go donate to us. Yes, if you go to the R and D and the QC Facebook page, we now have a link up where you can go and donate. Uh, so far, we haven't made as much progress as we'd like to. In that we only started marketing it today. Well, right now is the first real marketing, I think, right? Well, Facebook. And and right, that's a good point that you just said a second ago. Um. So, but it's yeah, for it's for it's for kids. It is. It's for for children in foster care. It is a good cause, and um, and we will continue to. But we need think your about money. Working on our talent. Um, rezoning meeting tonight at four thirty. There were two big things that were non land use. Uh, that we voted on and then a couple of significant land use decisions and hearings tonight. The first one I spent a lot of time on, but um, we updated the sign ordinance and there's a thousand things in the update probably, but this was partly prompted. I don't know if we ever talked about it on the show, but probably over a year ago at this point, two scoops creamery on central Avenue ice cream shop in uh, actually technically Elizabeth community although nobody would think of it as elizabeth on the way into plaza midwood it had an ice cream mural they had to paint over or they were gonna have to paint over it and um i that was like my first um trump card i played as a city councilman and i just flat out told him not to comply and then went back and talked to staff and said this is absurd why in the world would we have people painting over murals uh, it was because of the sign ordinance it was very out of date um so they did a wholesale evaluation of the sign ordinance and updated a ton of things, but for one, uh, made it a lot easier for people who want to do painted wall style signs. And, uh, so that was good and not contentious. Unlike the other one we talked about. Yeah. It's almost like the hundred thousand conversations we had previously on this years. topic, uh, people rem- remembered and got it done there. Or it's like no one emailed us in the last five days angry it's so about like the sign typical ordinance. listen I, and i'm sure many of our listeners are the ones who did some of the emailing and, and some of the people who emailed us had thoughtful emails it wasn't all form emails but all, it was a lot of form all, emails. all i'm all i'm saying is this like if you are passionate enough to come out and send us an email right now and say how crazy this all is and how much you didn't get a chance to weigh in i can't hardly fathom how in the last seven months that this has been going on that you didn't like somehow get take notice that i mean it's not like these were hidden i mean if you missed six months worth let's just say six months worth at least in the in the public hearing we had a month ago or the multiple times it was discussed in committee right i mean it's just like i and if you're listening to this podcast, we've definitely talked Many about it. Many times. <laughs> so it's just like I'm I'm kind of at a loss because two two annoying things happened, right? One is like all of a sudden with these form letters and everyone's like, 
I, I didn't get a chance. Side and note, I, not effective. Right, super not If you effective. don't send a personal email yeah. when you're protesting something, particularly if it's six hours before we're voting on it, yeah. the form ones just get deleted. But, so, but you, you know what's even more annoying than that is when colleagues, because of these, these things, all of a sudden feel like they need to see if they can politically navigate from behind the dais in something that they absolutely know won't happen. And it's like... I mean, oh, I can't. I don't even know where to start with any of that, man. It's it, anyway. So both the sign ordinance and the tree ordinance are part of us trying to chip away at bits and pieces and test some things and see some results towards a unified development ordinance, which is a years long process. Do you think anyone? Uh, and well, I'll make a statement, and then I'll ask you a question. I don't think anyone who is working on this believes that this thing is done now. This is a clear little sliver of a very specific thing to test it out and pilot Four and move forward. Four percent of the land exactly. area of the city is impacted by the tree vote we took tonight, and that doesn't mean four percent is insignificant. But it was specifically in urban areas, and it's trying to be more creative and give people more ways to plant trees in areas where more people can enjoy them. Oftentimes now, and I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole, but oftentimes now with like the tree save areas we have. They'll just say, oh, well, I've got this corner of the lot that's unbuildable and it's down by this creek. And so, like, I'm just going to leave all the trees down there. And then, yes, they're good. Trees anywhere are good because certainly for air quality and, and other things. But no one's enjoying those trees. This is trying to say, how do we bring trees further into the site? How do we amenitize these areas so there's places for you to sit under the shade of a tree? How are there things we can do on a site like a Camp North End, which was brought up tonight, where people and large permanent planters can put trees on a site that never had any pervious surface before. And now it's being redeveloped. They're not going to suddenly create lots of natural areas on this, this giant industrial site. So they wanted to plant some trees in giant permanent planters. That's a good thing that provides shade. It provides some air quality. Is it the same as having a hundred year old Oak tree in the middle of the site? No, but that's not realistic either. So I, it's really frustrating to see, and I'm glad that it's it's not a lot of folks, but it's really frustrating to see that someone can flip on something, not because they've actually had a change of heart, but because they think that there's a, well, I don't know where the breaking point is on political pressure. This is why politics long term is not for me, because I cannot look at that. I don't care. It's not a party thing. It's just literally like a, I mean- <laughs> I don't know how to just let, uh, let me ask my question. Can anyone argue that what we approve tonight is not at least in some way, progressively a step forward in the right direction and better than what it was before? I think there probably is an argument that could be made on both sides of the vote tonight. However, I think, you think there's an argument that can be made yeah, that this isn't I mean, better? Well, there's – I think it's better. I voted for it. But I think that there are – there is a intelligent counter-argument that a handful of people who emailed me made. Pe some people who I respect and I know are very deeply uh, emotionally and in intellectually connected to this issue made some valid points. That being said, to your point, we started talking about this back at least in April, I think. And so the, there's some 5,000 people, I think they said, that are signed up on the city website to receive e any emails about anything tree-related. 
all those people got lots of emails. The Trees Charlotte email list, seemingly a probably pretty tree-oriented group, they all got this. It was talked about in committee meetings. It was, was talked about in council in, meetings. This it was, was live endorsed streamed. by groups. It was endorsed, endorsed by Sustained Charlotte. We had people from the Tree uh, Advisory Committee emailing us in favor of this. We had lots of landscape landscape architects and arborists. The city arborist came down and talked about why he thought this was a good thing. These are not people that are anti-tree. This is treason. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so... It, I'm not saying there's no way somebody who genuinely cares about trees couldn't possibly slip through the cracks, but for that many people and the form emails just don't work. If you're sending something and you're saying, here's my personal opinion and I'm making a personal appeal, we read that stuff and we take it to heart. If you just click a button and we all get the same thing, the subject line of which is send email to city council members. And mm. then it's the same thing every time. Like that's not effective. It's just annoying. But he- even more strategically on this though, like, and I, I didn't see every single counter argument that was made out there, but at some point, the crux of this is with mass transit and light rail, right? We're talking about greater density. We're talking about all the things we have to do to make that work from a, from a, you know, concentration perspective. I have to assume that when you look at the future of Charlotte and how the tree canopy you know, comprises of its complete percentage of the city that, that exists, it is going to be less dense around mass transit. I mean, just by the nature of what we have to build around there to make it work. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that the arborist mentioned tonight, he said, part of what happens is it's too expensive to buy. If someone pays the fee in lieu that they can currently pay, in a, in a near center city, in an urban site, that fee and loot generally ends up, although, you know, for whatever one acre we waived, for, and I'm, I'm ballparking based on what he said tonight, but if we waive one acre of tree save, it would be, be required on like an urban site. The fee and loot allows us to buy three to four acres elsewhere. So that's a good trade. But it doesn't, the cost of land in these urban areas near center city is so high that we very rarely are ever able to buy any land to set aside for tree save near where that fee and lieu was paid. And so this allows these urban redevelopment type sites to have some on-site greening. As Ty Woe keeps referring, our planning director and city assistant city manager keeps referring to greening the city. That doesn't just mean saving a little patch of trees in the back. It means having areas where people can enjoy trees, where they can benefit from the shade and it also means things like green roofs. And so we've got to get more creative with how we green the city um, for all the great things that it does, air quality, water quality, quality of life. Um, it can't just be that we allow none of it in the middle of the city and we just do it all around the edges of the county and the city um, because then there's large sections that swaths of people in these densely populated areas. So it's a lot of people that don't have those benefits and don't have those amenities. Um I don't think most of the people who emailed us had read this. And frankly, I don't know that all of our colleagues had read this <laughs> and there was an attempt made to defer the vote. There were points that weren't that good that were belabored. If only um, I had read it. And I will, I would like to underscore I the need mayor more Tim's time. point that that's what committees are for. <laughs> it's helpful. If you care this deeply about something, to attend the committee meetings where it's discussed. Look, if there's one thing we learned from the Treaty of Versailles, 
Okay. That wasn't as good. That was a good one, right? Let mm. Treatum ring. Mm. It's better. So anyway, it passed. It passed. Um, nine to two. Nine to two. Two people don't don't support trees. <laughs> and yet, undoubtedly, uh, will be hailed as the tree the only tree people, champions. Only depend people defending trees. That's right. I mean, here like here's the other thing that kind of drives me nuts, especially people that actually know us. If you know us, like who thinks that anyone on this council's goal is for our city to have less trees than it can possibly have? Like why would that be any of our motives? I just don't like anyone who I'm not sure Greg Phipps is necessarily <laughs> looking for that. <laughs> We're just kidding. Greg loves trees. I just don't know how people Sleep don't assume there's more to the story than for someone to send out an email saying like, this is awful for trees. The city hates trees. They're about to kill all the trees and people just buy right into it. Hook, line and sinker. I feel like, I two, feel, I feel like two years ago, if I'd have gotten that email, I'd have thought, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I feel like, like I understand how all these crazy like fraudsters get money from people because they're trying to like they need to unlock some money from south africa and their prince prince (laughs) maybe the prince is the one who told them all the emails you sit back and you're like there's no way on earth anyone's gonna fall for that yet every year they're like uh psa america's lost another half a billion dollars (laughs) through the old prince uh yeah they wouldn't keep sending the emails if they weren't working on somebody that's amazing all right. I don't know, but Humanity. we need to do, we need to do like, you know what? Maybe we could have like an R and D and the QC educational series where we go out and we do community workshops. And I think the first one we would do would be how to effectively advocate. Mm. We did, there's a group that, uh, called stitch Charlotte and they did, um, a whole class for neighborhood associations. And it was primarily around how do you as a neighborhood navigate like the rezoning process and then kind of more broadly, how do you advocate for your neighborhood in the rezoning process? But I think that would be a valuable lesson, whether rezoning is your thing or, or trees are your thing or stormwater. I mean, whatever it is, like there are, there are ways that people lobby and advocate to us um, that are effective and that, that make us stop and, and reconsider things and look at them from a different angle. And there's ways that just aren't. I agree. We saw some of both of those in the last couple of days, uh, but more of the latter. But anyway, there's going to continue to be stuff like that where we're trying to continue making progress on the UDO, which is a thing we've all kept continuously said we want to continue making progress on, even if some of us don't ultimately vote that way when the time comes. Uh, And another big one was a rezoning tonight, the TOD, Mm. which uh, has stuff in your district what are we uh, uh, we, we rezoned uh, somewhere over 15 uh it was almost 1800 acres well we didn't vote on it tonight we just had the hearings but oh yeah but it, we were 1800 we, acres but how many prop parcels are on that like 12 or 1400 or something yeah it was a lot it was over 1500 i think so that's so a big all deal. along the blue line pay attention to that if you're gonna if you're prone to freaking out when stuff or believing last minute uh, yeah, scare tactic yeah. email. Like now, now's like great lesson learned, right? Let's not repeat uh, Tree Mageddon. Um, this one, there's a month now. 
There's a month before this one's going to be approved. So, um, so this one is going to essentially take over 1,500 parcels that are primarily what along the the blue line and the blue, blue line, line extension. Blue line extension, and it's going to rezone them. Um, not into, primarily only. It's only blue. It's line. only it's, right. It's right only. now, we're not looking at silver line or gold. But line. this is but this is a precursor for what's coming with the broader UDO, right? Theoretically, um, and um, I think we heard two kind of perspectives from people that were against it tonight. One was a business owner who had an impermissible use based on the the the, the new rezoning that was going to occur, and he was scared that he wasn't going to be able to keep doing it. And we got some clarity that um, that they've they've made um, kind of you know concessions for folks that are grandfathered in with um, with unconforming uses, and he'd be good to go. But there are going to be many situations like that. So the first bucket of people are you're going people, to hate me, but it's non-conforming. I, I knew I couldn't think of the right the word. It's late, man. Non-unconforming. Sorry. Um, so uh, so one group of people is people primarily business folks who um, can no longer do something that they're doing. The other group, which a, a lady came in and kind of spoke generically about is going to be a, probably a far more, um, you know, potentially dangerous group in the future of this, which is, um, and this is prime, this can be business folks, but it's probably primarily in volume community members, neighbors, people like that. And there's the people that now in somewhere close to where they live, new things can be done that couldn't have been before. Not in their residential neighborhood, but very near. Very near. Hundreds of feet in, in cases. So um, so we'll see because, you know, that 76-story uh, uh, Chick-fil-A in my beautiful example I used tonight. Here's the thing. Like, I worry when you say stuff like that, and to be clear, at the dais tonight, Tark referenced the 70-story Chick-fil-A. Someone out there... <laughs> Is, no way. It's like tuning in right at that moment. And they go, what did he say? <laughs> and like, they're drafting an email right now. And tomorrow we're going to get a hundred form like, letters. Why? That say like, like vote no Charlotte on the 70 story Chick-fil-A. But you know what? That's just, I mean, look, that's just who I am, man. I've got it. I've got to say things. Maybe. It, uh, Although to Alan, uh, our staff member, who's been kind of running point on this TOD rezoning to his credit, he, he made a joke back about the 70 story Chick-fil-A which I hope cleared up any confusion. No, there's new new, new emails coming now. They're like, They're, why do you hate by staff. Chick-fil-A? <laughs> well, I can tell you why I hate Chick-fil-A. Oh, man, you don't um, understand. So you know what that. was really disappointing? I mean, oh. you know, I'm all in for local sports teams. You know, I, I will anything. Any, and I know the Hornets are going to have a rough year. But one thing that would have made it easier to get through the rough year would have been Bojangles Chicken when I go to the games. Uh, it's called Chick-fil-A chicken that'll get you through the games. Well, I just feel like if you're going to have a chicken partner, it should be a local chicken partner. And they changed their sponsorship from Bojangles. They ended that and they started on Chick-fil-A and we're not the Hawks. We're the Hornets. We're Bojangles people. I mean, listeners weigh in Bojangles versus Chick-fil-A. What? Throw in Popeye's in there. I still haven't had that sandwich. I haven't either. I'm not sure if they're back in stock yet. Yeah. Need to check. I'll, I'll, Did you watch the Salt Bay video yet? I will. Have I, you watched uh, Hot Fuzz the movie yet? No. I mean, the, I don't know what the, more the I can do. The Salt Bay for video you. is a minute. I'll watch it when we're done with the podcast before I leave tonight. Wow, I I literally tagged you in one. I know. So you could with and ease I watched watch like it. ten seconds. 
I'll watch the other 50. Great. Um, Salt bad. TOD. One thing that I think is important here in terms of, we talked earlier about something that was fairly unprecedented with our intergovernmental meeting. Something else that's fairly unprecedented, and I had somebody who I used this as a rebuttal, and it worked pretty well. We talk about all these plans, all these area plans and everything else, and I have long decried the fact that these plans have been made and yet not codified. And so they are aspirational plans. They have no teeth because unless you change the zoning to match the vision that you set, it has no teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and someone said to me, well, there's never been, no council has ever uh, rezoned things just because of a plan. I said, well, the, count- the council about is about to. <laughs> and so, I mean, what we're doing is literally giving teeth to the TOD policy that we already approved and saying, not only is this the vision we have, we're going to codify it in a way that ensures that it gets built that way. If you don't do that, you, you haven't your done time on anything. The, yeah. You literally haven't done anything. All it becomes is a tool for NIMBYs to 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 latch onto when it fits their their narrative. I don't literally. want us to undertake any plans going forward that we don't have the intention of giving teeth to. I could not agree more. I it is literally a way and you know what? I'm it so glad we're be. we're doing this right now. And we're moving down this path, but there are people behind that dais right now that don't believe the end of this results in a massive citywide rezoning. I, I truly believe there's individuals up you there mean that don't that. realize what do you, I don't understand. Some what you're may not realize, but I think some are thinking that's going to be too painful and it's just going to be the vote like a, a revision. Month from now, or you mean further down the road? Further down the road with the UDO. Because if, if anybody but, votes. I mean, they, we got a couple little. We're edges. talking about four percent essentially of our of our city that were roughly between the tree ordinance and the, well, the tree ordinance was four percent. Fifteen hundred. I mean, the, it's roughly the same, right? It's not much more than that. It's it's probably less, but anyhow, um, we got a couple of like little edges to to smooth out on this thing. But if anybody votes against this next month, I really don't know what to to tell them. I mean, I. This is literally the culmination of like someone a, will vote against it. Most of what we've been working on, someone will vote. Aside against Aside from it. affordable housing, this is most of what we've been working on for the last two years, and this is a really damn good culmination. And if you want to talk about affordable housing, this is going to have an impact on affordable housing, if not in built units, in money in the housing trust fund. Which so one way or the other, it's going to yield affordable housing. Exactly. Um, yeah, this is. This I can't is good wait to stuff. see who votes against it. Well, it just depends on who and how many people email us. That's true. That's like a good it. point. Um, yeah. Show up with signs next month just okay, to so test to see if we can get us. We need to start up. taking notes so we can outline our first R&D in the QC um, educational series event. But one of the things is if you're bringing a sign, and I know there's limits to the size of how big your sign can be. If you're bringing signs to city council, have a friend stand, say, 10, 20 feet away and see if they can read your sign. <laughs> the number of signs that people bring, I bet not 10% of the signs brought into our chamber are legible from where we sit. Mm. And there were people with signs tonight who it was printed on an like eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. The irony of which was not lost to me that it was using trees to advocate for trees. But, and it's printed in like a 14 font, like black over dark on dark green paper. I'm just like, I don't think you could read that if you were sitting next to them, but we're supposed to read it from 40 feet away. We should go check if they threw them in the, in the trash can. It's a treaty. We need a treaty. 
you really know how to you're so beat dude, a dead you, horse you've really you've really had a you, you haven't been yourself today you just need a good long rest maybe a bath <laughs> some salts in it I need bath salts. Bath salts in it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was just thinking that. You definitely need some bath salts. Does that really make people eat faces? I feel like that's maybe like not on trend anymore. I don't hear much about bath salts. You don't hear anything about bath salts anymore. I guess a couple of uh, scary news stories turned people off to bath salts. Really? But I feel like the people that are in the market of bath salts aren't Aren't really watching watching the news news. (laughs) i just just a guess i don't know i might be unfairly characterized uh, new emails tomorrow the bath salt people they're like well you're people too Mm. Mm. um the only other particularly interesting topic we had i think we'll dig into this more later because hopefully staff will follow up on um we had a discussion on something that's probably three miles from downtown uh, where there's a a big area of industrial in the north end and there's a proposal to turn it into um, like an eating and drinking establishment very near if you've been to the new Noda brewing location on north tryon it's literally like three or four parcels behind that on 32nd street Um, obviously the Noda brewing has done very well there but it's on the main street this is further back kind of in a dead-end little street cul-de-sac and I really don't know. It's Industrification. In my, it's in my district. But I, I haven't. I really don't have any idea how I'll end up voting on this. Um, there's definitely still work to be done. But I mean, we've got. And and I asked staff, planning staff, to work with economic development staff. We got to figure out how much industrial area we still need in Charlotte, and it's it's probably still a good amount. And as we continue to chip away at it, we're not going to be adding much industrial anywhere in the city. So how much do we need to preserve? To make sure that we've got a healthy business environment for folks who but need that. But even if that. you do that, like how do you, how do you decide which is the best to preserve? Well, and if you're the folks who live in the North End, that many as many of my constituents do, you don't want it to be in your backyard. If you could instead get rid of the industrial and have eating and drinking establishments and retail and whatever else that's much more of an amenity to the community, of course they're going to want that. And but industrial what, gentrification is real and it is happening in well, our city. I mean. It, I do think that ultimately, if we don't have the industrial land, there will be companies who say, well, I'd, I'd like to have my business there, but there are things that I need that you don't have. I, I think, it, you know, we need economic development to help kind of quantify. I, I, and I'm going to speak like totally uneducated for once in my whole life right now. But I think that if I was just to make a gut reaction to that, it would be that land price is has become so valuable and and as the city has sprawled out beyond kind of where it was when that was an industrial spot it's almost a no-brainer that its best use is going to be for something more you know entertainment district mixed use uh and they'll get paid for it and they'll have to go towards a more outskirt side of town there now there's a difference between where does new industrial go versus how do you handle the displacement um, and ongoing, but I can't imagine, I mean, the, the free market is going to help dictate what the best use of, of, of a property is. Right. Cause I mean, the most logical place that we'd want to preserve industrial and maybe even grow industrial is near the airport. With right. The, with the intermodal no yard, the airport, airport noise, all the right. things that go along with that, that align. So maybe we well can grow it there, but I don't know that there's anywhere else in the well, think city about all where that everyone property would agree. We have out there. 
a ton. Yeah, but I mean, most of it is warehouse and industrial already. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There's nowhere else that we could realistically grow it without a lot of opposition. And people would be rightfully opposed. I mean, neither of us would want it in, in near vicinity to where we live. So I... I mean, I, they're I paying know. tax rates that are probably astronomical compared to tax rates in some industrial park. But they've also you know, made the calculation to stay there. I mean, if they own the land, they've determined that for whatever reason, that location, that proximity is better for them than, than cashing out and moving. And I, I, I think it county. really depends on the business because like, there's a lot of things that qualify under that, right? Yeah. Anything from just a storage warehouse right. to, you know, a concrete plant. So and you, and it, you might have it, you might have the same kind of things of great the ability to have great access to employees, um, just like the tech companies want when they want to do an adaptive reuse project on something like that and make it funky. But um, you know, and a point was made tonight too about how a lot of our industrial land is not being used for its highest and best, even industrial use, and how we've got tons of junkyards still around the city that those certainly don't at least unless there's something I'm not thinking of there's no real importance for that to be in close proximity to the city I wouldn't think um not like there could be for don't maybe, be judgmental on huh? junkyards you watch Sanford and Son well not in a long time well there's a whole lot of stuff going on in there dude um but so you know if, if we could convert some of our junkyards into more active industrial like not active like polluting type industrial but <laughs> places that are a little bit higher we've really gotten industries. ourselves a lot of trouble in this episode yeah you, you've said a lot of things i haven't yeah um so yes yeah, so we, we've got a lot to figure out there and i'll tell anyone who is considering or would ever consider running for city council make sure you sit through an entire zoning meeting before you even contemplate it because if you cannot make your way through one of those, you got no hope. And it doesn't count if you're on the couch in your pajamas at home watching it on live stream with a glass of wine. You got to come sit in the chair. You got to come down there. And you got to do it in a suit and a tie. Yeah. And yes, agreed. You can't be too comfortable. Come on down. Um, what else, Larkin? What else has been going on? I don't think too much. Checking the calendar to see if there's anything big that we did in the last week or doing in the next week. Um, I'll check my fantasy. Uh, well, scores. early voting started. I'm sure we plugged that last oh, week. Oh yeah, that's but true. But that started on Wednesday, and as of today, today being Monday, depending on when you're listening to this, um, all of the early voting sites around the county are open this week and next week, leading up to the Tuesday, November fifth election day. So get yes. out and rock the early vote. Um, you're going to be on Flashpoint this Sunday. I am. At, does that run at 11 a.m.? Uh, let's see. NBC 10 o'clock is, yeah, meet the press. 11 o'clock yeah. is uh, so flashback. 11 o'clock on Sunday. Um, you'll be on there with Commissioner Susan Harden and um, Planning Commission Chair Sam Spencer. I am so looking forward. I'm guessing the sales tax will come up. I don't know. I'm not who can be, who can know. Considering the three of y'all have all been fairly active on one side of that or the other. I'm looking, looking forward to this discussion. Um, We'll still talk about the sales tax. We'll have our sales tax episode in the, in the week. I'm too tired right now. No, well, what I want to do is, 
and I guess we are running out of time. We got like two weeks left to do this. It's crazy. I wanted to have two um, weeks from tomorrow's election. Daryl Williams and Matthew Ridenour on because they've yeah. Matthew's kind of led the vote no charge, and Daryl is. I don't know exactly what his title is, but he's kind of the director of the Stay. vote for um, the vote for campaign. So I'd like to have the two of them on either together or separate for an episode. Maybe we could do that. We'll have to do that one of one of the next two weeks. We don't have a meeting on November fourth because of the election day the next day. So actually, we might only have one episode between now and election day. So that's it. It's so gotta be so it. we need to aim to do that next week, I suppose. Mm. Um, thank you all for tuning into our planning session (laughs) (laughs) we will talk about it but you'll talk about it on flashpoint if people want a sneak preview and um i think that's about all i got yeah man i think that's it i think i think we did it big week what do you got planned going to the u.s bank uh grand opening tomorrow you going to that you're a big finance guy would you like to come to that? You, you know. Clearly, you weren't invited, but based on your face. It's at 10.30. It's uptown on Tryon. Unfortunately, I have a conflict. Okay. We've got the uh, Consul General of Italy. It's going to be in town on Thursday. Mm. Having dinner with him. That'll be cool. What? That sounds like someone I should be friends with. No, they specifically said to exclude you. Really? Fine. And then on Sunday, I'm going to see The Temptations and the Four Tops at Belk Theater. And it's Biketoberfest. It's the rain-delayed Biketoberfest. It's going to be happening. I want to go to the Renaissance Festival this weekend. I have never been to that. What? I know. I feel like I could walk out there and I wouldn't be shocked if I saw you like juggling swords on a unicycle. That wouldn't last long. (laughs) I want to do that. I want to do... Because I can't juggle or ride a unicycle. I've got two things on my uh, bucket list for the rest of this month and they're not going to happen. I want to go to the Renaissance Festival, and I want to go to the State Fair. I heard they have a I've jacuzzi. I've also never been to the there. State Fair. I haven't either. Um, yeah, I don't think you should get in the jacuzzis. They said something about Ebola or something like being in. Not it. Ebola, but something bad. Yeah. So that's uh, that's uh, what I'm thinking. I would not. I'm trying to think. I don't know when I could actually go to the Renaissance Festival, but I would like to go sometime. Well, you got a couple weeks left. It's it's one of my Charlotte bucket list items. I crossed kids Charlotte. get in free this weekend. Well, I, what about dogs? That's all I've got. If you dress the dog up in um, as a child, got it. Put him in a baby carriage. Yes, no, in gear like jousting gear. I don't think Salem would like that. Um, get a big turkey. Leg. I did cross yesterday off one of uh, my Charlotte region bucket list items. Like one of the most fall friendly Instagram sites in the in the region in York, South Carolina, the Windy Hill. Uh, orchard and cidery where they make the apple cider donuts hot and you get to watch them make them like Krispy Kreme style but you're out of like a farm and then there's pick your own apples although that's done for the season so you just have to buy the ones they've picked is it sanitary it's like Krispy Kreme style like the conveyor belt but it's on a farm yeah but it's under like a uh, shed (laughs) oh like a she shed it's South Carolina (laughs) but I feel like they also probably still have people who do health inspections um, and then they produce six different apple hard apple ciders, and uh, I really enjoyed four of them. I mean, they're all fine. But what, like, what? is really this good. like a she shed? No, Sheriff, this is like, like a farm stand. Like Cheryl she shed. It's like a farm she stand where they make cider and donuts. Do they wear they gloves and hairnets? Or look, man, 
I don't know. Look, dude. I don't but it all tasted good. Mm. Windy Hill. Check it out. York's a nice little town, about 50 minutes from, from here. Go to the pumpkin pitching pumpkin picking patch is that the one down providence road i think so no hall family farm or something uh yeah that's one i think that's on providence or off providence yeah i've never been to that so uh, there's one like out like 74 ish Hmm. that one's a good one we went there hit us up in our mentions let us know your favorite fall traditions in the charlotte region that's all i got man i want to go to bed you don't want to go to bed i want to go to bed you don't want to go to bed? You took a nap at one thirty today. I didn't. In the office. There is live stream video that proves that I did not. I would love to have a little like nap. You know they have those nap cubes? Or we could just get them to hang some hooks and we could have hammocks in our offices. Well, that's what these things are like hanging nap pods. Very hot with millennials right now. When I take Greg's office next year, I might see if they can rig me up a hammock. Dude, you haven't made it through the write-in campaign yet. True. The general, I wouldn't get all. Don't count your chickens. Yeah, all we right. Didn't talk about cows. The lead-in was cows, and we didn't mention cows. That's true. Just say. It I'll quickly. just say that there is a, a rezoning near a farm site in Northwest Charlotte, and it's the most I've heard about cows. The two years we've been on city council, our lead-in was literally signs, trees, and cows, and somehow I forgot the cows. Do they make donuts? The, thing, the things you don't think you're going to talk about at a city council meeting of the 16th largest city in the country, cows. But we did. They're gassy. Cows are very gassy. Contributing to methane. Mm. Sorry, cows. Gotta go. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, that's that. Yeah. Another great episode. 79. We are done with the 70s. We're moving on to level eight. Next time... And if y'all don't if y'all don't go out and elect Tark, there will only be one, two, three, four, four more episodes of this podcast if y'all don't get out there. And that would be amazing. <laughs> eighty three. We'll end on eighty three. No, you we'll gotta keep go out going. there and win it, little buddy. All right. Well, that marks the end of episode seventy nine, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to like us on social media, share, listen, rate comment if you have something nice to say if not keep it to yourself goodbye goodbye